So, a little while ago, maybe a few years ago, my wife and I watched this documentary on Netflix called Making a Murderer. Who has seen this documentary? Okay, just a few of us. Let me give you a bit of a brief on it, because I'm not recommending it. It's a documentary about a man who is wrongfully put in jail for about six years, they realise he didn't do the crime and he was released again, right? Then a few years later, he is convicted of another crime and we get to be part of that trial process, which then he goes to jail again and is given life imprisonment. Done. The documentary is a deep dive into what happened, into the investigation, the police reports, all the information. And I've got to tell you, after watching this documentary, Elle and I were like, oh man, this poor guy. Like, yeah, he must have been done the wrong thing previously, but this time, he isn't a bad guy. It's wrong. And, you know, you get this like passion built up. And, well, this documentary kind of almost paved the way for Netflix. It actually brought millions of viewers into Netflix. To this day, there are marches in front of the court uh, where he was convicted that he was innocent and that the police were wrong, the whole system is wrong, and it's just yuck. So, 10 years later, bringing us to this year, a lady named Candace Owens decided to look into this documentary. She also watched this show many years ago and felt the same passion that Elle and I had. She's like, I've got to find out what goes on. And so she does. She has released a documentary this year called Convicting a Murderer. It's very interesting. She goes into these two directors that made this Netflix documentary, how they cut huge parts of information out of the trial. How when the trial was, the guys who ran the trial asked a question to a particular person, they cut the answer from somewhere else and put it there. They left huge chunks of evidence that made the case kind of tight, left it out. Ellen and I sat there going, oh man, there was a time I would have been outspoken about this case. I would have stood up for this guy and felt real bad for him. And now, I see all the other parts of this trial, and I feel yuck. I feel yuck that I even thought he was slightly okay. That what he did was slightly okay. It was, it's messy. That got me thinking. As a spiritual man, spiritual woman, being vulnerable in front of all you today, where was my discernment? How did I watch this documentary and have no inkling that it was wrong? My question to you, friends, today is how do we have discernment and wisdom in these days? How are we not swayed by the constant bombardment of information? 
always in our face, always challenging us, always sharing a particular truth. The question we have to ask ourselves is, are our convictions coming from the world or are they coming from Jesus? And how do we know the difference? Now, I could chuck in a Christianese line here and say, just trust in the Lord and all will be sweet. And that isn't wrong. Trust in the Lord and things will be good. But I believe that there's more required of a Christian. In this season, you can even see Christians and churches standing in opposite ends of political, medical situations. How can we say that Holy Spirit is in both sides of those things? He's not schizophrenic. And yet we can throw away that I have peace on it. But do we have peace from Holy Spirit? Or do we just have peace in the information that we've read and that seems to be enough? This is hard. And I know that I'm going pretty hard straight up this morning. I hope that's okay. It's actually been hard to find really good words around discernment in the Bible because translation actually doesn't use that word that often. If you're looking at the Bible, you probably find words like wisdom, understanding, discretion, prudence, testing, and sense. When you read those words, often those words are discernment in translation. Not always, but often. But discernment and wisdom can't be things that are just purely based on research. Discernment is a spiritual gift. It is something that we have to have from Holy Spirit. It can't rely on our own skills. I'm not a great researcher, so thank the Lord for that. I have to tap into Him. I have to know He is in it. If we jump into 1 Corinthians 12, 8, 10... I know I've shared this message before, this, sorry, this verse before because I really am passionate about it. But this is really important for what I'm sharing today. To one there is given through the spirit of, of a message of wisdom, sorry, spirit, a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. Go along. To another, miracle powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. Let's just pause here for just a second. Sometimes we hear the 2-1 and assume that the spiritual gifts are a bit of a lucky dip. You get one, but you don't get the rest. You just get what you get. But I don't believe that's actually the case. In fact, I believe that there's many of these gifts that we can ask for and we can receive. These are just the gifts that are available to us. And Paul mentions this in his letter to Ephesians. Let me read that out to you. Making mention of you in my prayers that the Lord, that the God, sorry, of our Lord Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of, the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Paul's prayer that we receive revelation through an intimate relationship 
with God. Which in turn allows us to use the power of God for revelation and discernment. My first point, if you're writing notes somewhere, is discernment grows in relationship. It is essentially through the Holy Spirit, through our connection with Jesus, that he is revealed to us. And as he is revealed to us, his gifts are unveiled to us. And we have access to the power of the Holy Spirit through that connection. If you have a highlighter pen, highlight this one part. May give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. As we grow in knowledge of him, we see our situations through his wisdom. Through his eyes. His prayer is that we all grow in wisdom. That we all understand him greater. And as we know him and grow in him, his spiritual discernment is the point we look at. Our situations we deal with. Discernment, friends, is a tool that all Christians need to have. Yeah. It is so useful, useful, not youthful, <laughs> useful at looking at your life, the challenges you face, and knowing the Holy Spirit is part of it and leading you a certain way. Solomon is a great example of a man in the Bible who asked for knowledge and wisdom and discernment. Let's jump into 1 Kings. It's a bit of a chunk here, but it's, it's worth a read, so bear with me. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon, first of all, huge, in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want, and I'll give it to you. And Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on the throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count in number. So, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between the right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, you have asked for the death of your enemies, but for the discernment in administering justice. And I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so there will never be anyone like you, nor there ever will be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both in wealth and honour, so that your lifetime you will be no, there will be no equal among kings. This is amazing. God mentions a really cool thing here, because if you read Kings, most of them are in it for themselves. Power, long life, strength, wealth, all those things. And Solomon says, I don't need all those things. I just want wisdom. I want discernment to make right decisions. A little fun fact is the fruit of having wisdom and discernment is all those other things. You're making the right calls because you are trusting God in the decisions you make. We know in the very next verse, Solomon has put to the test. We have the two mums 
Both had babies, and one died in the night. Two mums come to Solomon and say, which is, this is our, this is my baby. Another one saying, this is my baby. There's a challenge in front of him. For those who know the story, you know what he says, quite crazy. Well, it's okay, we'll just cut the baby in half. But we know the result. The real mother says, no. No, please. I'd rather my baby be alive than to be sacrificed over something so, so silly. Someone goes, you're the real mum. Because you value your child. Straight away, he has put discernment and wisdom to the test. Friends, as Christians in this world, we are put to the test constantly in discerning and being wise in what we're going through because there are so many views, so many struggles, so many things that are, correct, that are surrounding us, giving us a certain point of view. But the Bible is very clear on this. He says simply this, do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But the second part is really important. Sometimes we leave it just that. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Wisdom and discernment comes by putting it to the test. Growing the muscle. Joey, growing the muscle by partnering with the Holy Spirit through all of life's challenges. Real talk. Actually, I've been talking real the whole time. But let's even more real talk. We're not going to get up one morning and decide to run a marathon. The guys in our church that do this all the time know this doesn't happen overnight. You don't just get up feeling good and you, let's go. Let's do it. It doesn't work like that. And yet, and yet, spiritually, we do the exact thing. That one day we are faced with a decision and it should just be the same thing. We should just wake up and just have wisdom and have discernment. Now, it's crazy when you do it physically and you think about a, a marathon. You would, no one would think that. No one would even do that. Yet, spiritually, we do that. We've never put it to the test. We've never grown in that muscle. And yet we go, well, God, why can't I hear from you? Because you haven't grown in there. Mark shared about this in the last couple of weeks. About what we dwell on. What we allow in. Where we spend our time. Where we grow and get our information from. What we soak in. Even if your time out time is spent on Instagram or Facebook. Let me tell you, friends, it's soaking in. Yeah. This, this is helpful for me. It might be helpful for you. Consider your life like a pie chart. If you can close your eyes right now and work out in your life where your time goes. What has the biggest chunk, the smallest chunk, what does your days look like? If you can visualize that right now, I'm going to ask you a full up question to that. Is that the biggest chunk, the best place for wisdom and discernment to grow? Is there room in there for spiritual or supernatural impartation? 
in that part of your life. Hebrews tells us this, but solid food is for mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. There's no real surprise here that point number two is training and practice. Discernment is needed at every point in the Christian life. In fact, it's needed in every person's life. But thankfully, as Christians, we have access to the Holy Spirit, where he gives us his discernment and wisdom. According to Peter, God says he has granted us everything pertaining to life and goodness, and godliness, sorry, through the true knowledge of him who has called us, by his own glory and excellence. Basically, followers of Christ need to be anchored in the Word. They need to be anchored in his truth. The Bible is the best training manual we can have. It's where we grow and learn and get wisdom and discernment. Without it, the Bible's pretty clear. We're at risk of being tossed here and there by waves and carried about by all kinds of different doctrine. This is in Ephesians. We have to have focus. We have to use the manual of life, of spiritual life, to guide us and disciple us and to grow us. Without it, we're just everywhere. So let me get practical for just a second. Because I think sometimes we can... Uh, just go, these are good ideas and not know how to implement. I'm all about implementing, so let's go with this. Let's go that, let's decide today that you've decided you want to have discernment and wisdom. I would hope you do. <laughs> but I'm going to just assume you are. So the first thing is this pray. Ask for it. Holy Spirit, this is a gift I want to grow in. This is something I need to mature in. I face challenges in life all the time and I always wonder if this is right. I question myself. I question everything that's around me. Holy Spirit, help me to know you're in this. Pray that he gives you this gift. Two, start with small tests. Now, I would say ask family members or close friends to be your little guinea pigs. But ask Holy Spirit, give me a word for my friend. Give me a word for my family member. This is really, really important. As I said, the scripture tells us to, te to test, but it's also an interesting thing for you because you need to understand how to hear him, how he speaks to you. Some people see visions, some people see pictures, song lyrics. It's just words. I've never had the audible voice of God before, but that would be awesome as well. There's many ways he speaks to us. But again, we need to train and understand how he does that. Yeah. The goal here is to get used to hearing Holy Spirit. Three, tackle a situation or a challenge in your life and ask Holy Spirit for his peace, for his word over that situation. Now, this is a big one, because I know we all face challenges. Unless you just cruise through life, you might as well just start flying around the room, because that's, that's incredible. We all don't just cruise through life, right? We all have challenges. 
So write down a challenge you're going through right now. Write it down somewhere so you can see what that challenge is. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom on this. Give me discernment on the road that I need to take in this, in this situation. What path do I take? Again, get used to hearing his words, the way he speaks to you through it. Lean on him. Four, does your leaning align with the Bible? Very important. If what you hear is way off and not aligned with the Bible, I'm going to tell you, probably not listen to the right voice. Spiritual battle, friends. We're in it. The enemy's not going to sit quiet in the background and let you have fun. He particularly doesn't want you to grow. So be prepared for a wrong voice. But tune in, friends. Align with the Bible. It is your guide. It is your manual. Does it align? Check it. Fifth one, last one. Check in with another person that you trust spiritually to affirm your learning or your leaning. Now, notice I had that one at fifth. Very intentionally at fifth. Because oftentimes we can say that our friends and family are God. We take their opinion first, and so we don't even actually stop and ask Holy Spirit what he thinks because we kind of feel it's been affirmed by our friends. Now again, it's in the list, but it's not wrong. But put it at the end. Put it at the end when you felt like you've actually walked with Holy Spirit on this, where you've learned to listen to him and challenge yourself, grow, you know where you are now, and then check with somebody you trust. Friends, where does all this lead? Where do all these challenges or opportunities lead? Let me tell you what it is. It's in Philippians 1, verse 9 and 10. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. My third point. Love abounds in alignment with Jesus. Real discernment, wisdom, abounds when you're aligned with Jesus. And when you're aligned with Jesus, you're aligned with love. His purpose for the world is to love the world. This should be the fruit that's coming out of wisdom and discernment. If we hang out in the New Testament, we hang out with the disciples. Can I tell you, they are the perfect example of wisdom and discernment over and over again. In some seasons, they are out and they are speaking the gospel, they are sharing the good news, and they don't care if they get caught, they are going for it. In other seasons, they are hiding and waiting and sending somebody else to go ahead of them. In other seasons, they are in jail. In other seasons, they are breaking out of jail. They are using Holy Spirit's wisdom to know when is the right thing to go or to slow down or to push or to stop. They are a perfect example of what using wisdom and discernment looks like. On the other hand, we have the wise Pharisees. 
Now we go back to this uh, pie chart, right? If we go back to the pie chart for our Pharisees, what you would find is that the majority of their time is spent probably doing what we would call Christian things. In fact, they're spending a lot of time in the Torah, spending their time teaching it. But what was the fruit? Because you would say, from looking from the outside in, that they are in the right, that they are spending all the right times in the right places, and it is all good. But what is the fruit? We all recognise their failure to identify Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah. But why? Because they were too wrapped up in their own knowledge and their own wisdom. See, seeking the Lord had turned away from love and had moved to personal gain and a position that wisdom would give them. This is a really important one, friends. Wisdom and discernment, knowledge, these are good things for the purpose of love, for the purpose of out, giving out to the world. But if you turn any of these things to you, we have a pretty good example of what happens. It puffs you up. People are coming to me because I know all these things. I'm so wise. I'm so great. And it turns the gift, a Holy Spirit, God-given gift, into something that is for personal gain and for personal value. We are not created to be viewed for our works. We're not here to work really hard and so everyone goes, wow, they've worked so hard, they've got wisdom in the sermon. Now, I'm not saying, if you've listened to one message so far, this looks like training and testing, but it's not works. It's relationship. It's relationship with Jesus. It's relationship with Holy Spirit. I hope you caught that in the heart of all of this today. That as we connect to him, as we learn to lean into him, we grow in a gift that is supernatural. Not something that I can do in the natural, but something that is in the supernatural that he gives me. But as I tap into the supernatural, I tap into hearing his voice, I tap into leaning into his understanding, I tap into reading the Bible, understanding what it is saying. These things are spiritual things. Spiritual growth. I hope you can see the difference there. In Matthew it says this, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Church, the little children. Oh. That's all right. I'm loud, but people keep hearing me. The little children, the gift they have is they tap into the spiritual. They haven't got caught up on all the rest of the things. Thanks, brother. My voice is quite loud, though. Can you hear me? The little children haven't tapped into all the knowledge, all the things that the world can teach them, all the information they can consume. They don't even know what Instagram is yet, right? They just have this pure innocence, a spiritual connection. Jesus is using this as a perfect example to say, yes, Knowledge and wisdom is good because it comes from me. 
tap into me. Tap into me, grow into me, and I will teach you. I will take you where you need to go. Friends, that is my heart for today. I know this has been a hard message and not a, not a funny one. But I really feel the Holy Spirit is in my heart today because in this season of our of life, we are bombarded by so much. We need to be discerning. That's right. We need to be aligned as Christians. We need to be aligned as the church. Because the world is looking to us. Whether they know it or not, they are looking to us to see where the church is going to go. And if we are all doing and saying very different things, it not only brings confusion to us, it brings confusion to the world. This gift is for us. Holy Spirit has given us this gift as a church and as individuals. My challenge for you, friends, is to ask for it and to grow into it and pursue it. Yeah, it's good. I want to get you guys to stand. Band, I'd love you to come and join me on stage. The fruit is the ability to know what is right, true, and good, and to love one another through Christ. And say it again, the fruit is to know what is right, true, and good, and to love one another through Christ. That is what the sermon should give us. That's what this fruit in our life should look like. That is my prayer for you this morning, church. I get you to close your eyes. I want to pray for you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your words. We thank you that you are speaking to us, always speaking to us. Help us to have the ears to hear. Help us to tune out the noise, the distraction. the tests of the enemy. Father, help us to tune our ears into you. Help us discern in this season. Help us to know where we're leading. Where we're leading people, our families, this church. Father, help us tap into you, not in our own ability, but in your ability. By your spiritual discernment. Father, I pray even as I'm speaking, you would stir in the hearts of your people a desire for more of you, a desire to know your voice. Yeah, Father, I even just pray right now the cobwebs of Christianity begin to fall away. The things we've just done, because that's what we do as Christians, that just... Let's just fall off right now. Let your fresh wind flow through the lives of your people today. Blow away those cobwebs. Get rid of them. They would begin to tune in to your voice, Father. To your leaning and your discernment. Trust your words. Father, we thank you for the faith steps that will happen in this place 
as we hear your words and step into what you've called us to. Thank you, Jesus, for the boldness that you will put in the hearts of your men and your women who discern your words and step out in faith and trust you. And I, lastly, I just pray for your protection. And we make a step of faith closer to you getting to the front line of the battle. So I just pray you would cover your people today. That your Holy Spirit would be upon us all. And your guardian angels be around us, protecting us. As we step into the next season. closing and wrapping up just keep your eyes closed just for a moment that's a really tiny word really tiny word for each of us I just want to I want to release a prayer this morning but if, but if you're here this morning I don't no one's looking around but if you're here and you're making decisions if you're if you're in the process of making a decision I'm not talking about what's lunch okay that's that's the chicken and chips on the way I'm talking about if you're in the, if you are praying or if you know if you're trying to make a decision maybe it's well, I won't give you maybe do you know what it is just give me a little wave and say Mark please pray for me I'm trying to make a decision here thank you 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 I know there's many here today that are that are actually wrestling with the decision. I'm going to release discernment and wisdom over you. So give me a little wave again. If that's you, give me a wave again. Okay, if you want, okay. So spirit of wisdom and revelation. Spirit of Christ. I want to, I want to release that spirit across those that are here today that are, that, that are looking to you, Lord Jesus for wisdom. Lord, I pray and I know that you will speak to them. Lord, I know that you don't uh, sit away and just uh, leave us to figure this out ourselves. And Lord, for those that are seeking you, Lord, I pray that you would speak. I pray for dreams. I pray for visions. Lord, I pray that your scripture would become life to them. Lord, I pray that you would that you would come and you would bring peace to the decisions that they make, Lord, that you'll provide around them people that they can test things with. Lord, I pray. I thank you, Lord, we don't need to do this by ourselves. Lord, when we face the stuff of life and the big decisions and the hard decisions and the, and the ones that break our hearts and the ones that stretch us and grow us, Lord, I thank you that we're not alone. That we don't need to figure this out ourselves. That you've given us your very presence to help us. And so, Lord, for those who responded, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just speak and bring truth and bring life and bring hope and bring about your best. In Jesus' name. Amen. What a good word. Thank you, Dave. That's really good. One of the key things, or one of the plenty of key things, um, there's five steps. I think it's great. Go to you. We need people around us to talk through. Well, let's go to God first, eh? <laughs> let's, uh, let's start there. 
and then be humble enough and, and vulnerable enough and say, hey, I'm feeling God saying this talk to me. You know, see, sometimes people, they have a 360 degree, parents particularly have a 360 degree view on their kids. And so sometimes kids, I want to encourage you, talk to mum and dad. Uh, if you're in a connect group, talk to your connect group leader. Find someone who knows you and say, I think this is what God is saying or doing. What do you think? Let's start with God. Amen.